The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. C. diff, spores, and more is brought to you by Clorox Healthcare, trusted solutions for your infection prevention needs. Visit us on the web at CloroxHealthCare.com. Welcome to C. diff, spores, and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here's your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome and thank you for joining us today on C. Dip Spores and More Global Broadcasting Network. We would like to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this program possible. Visit the Clorox Healthcare website to learn more about their products at cloroxhealthcare.com forward slash C. Radio. Today we welcome our guest, Dr. Clifford McDonald, Senior Advisor for Science and Integrity, Division of Healthcare Quality Promotion at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Dr. McDonald joins us today to discuss the Vital Signs Report and taking aim at superbugs. At this time, I would like to welcome Dr. McDonald to our program. Welcome, Dr. McDonald. We appreciate the opportunity to be on your program. Well, we thank you so much for joining us today, and it is always a pleasure to have you join us on the program and to discuss the positive work being accomplished at the CDC. And Dr. McDonald, you and we understand you were involved in the release of the Vital Signs Report that was published the first week in March of this year. Um, let's begin with maybe a little bit of background uh, of the report. Yeah, so the Vital Signs Report is um, a monthly report that comes out from the CDC that highlights a public health issue in a way uh, unlike other communications. It, it does center on what we call our MMWR, the Morbidity Mortality Weekly Report. So there's new data that comes out in that. And then a variety of other uh, communication uh, tools are used with a significant amount of effort put behind them to get the message out. Uh, this has been going on for well over six years. It's something that Tom Frieden, our director, present director, brought in uh, many years ago and has been continuing to promote and stand behind and we have had one every uh, March, uh, except for last last March. <laughs> we got it delayed till August because because of the Ebola uh, outbreak, which we were heavily involved in. So uh, there's a focus on the vital signs on healthcare associated infections uh, every March for the last six years or so, beginning back in 2011 when we did our first one on central line associated bloodstream infections. Uh, since then, we've done one on uh, C. diff seal before, uh, one on antibiotic stewardship, um, and uh, one on um, uh, the problem with carbapenem-resistant enterobacteriaceae. It's, a, it's a sometimes called the nightmare bacteria because it's so highly drug-resistant. Uh, and then uh, one most recently back in August on uh, the need to 
have a coordinated approach in, in dealing with these multidrug resistant organisms. So this is now the most recent uh, uh, vital signs report in that series I just mentioned uh, just coming out in March. Well, that's wonderful, and we appreciate this report, and everybody does in healthcare. And Dr. McDonald, can you tell us, um, what do you and your colleagues at the CDC try to accomplish in the Vital Signs Report? Well, in general, they have either been um, a success story, a progress report, and um, or lack thereof, sometimes in success. In other words, taking assessment of how we're doing in preventing HAIs. Uh, or they're a call to action, or both, uh, uh, really. Uh, or they're coming out with a, a, a different uh, approach to prevention. You can summarize all those in different ways. This one really falls uh, in the category of taking a reassessment, stepping back, and saying, how are we doing? Uh, and then how, do, how can we best communicate and focus the healthcare community, and specifically, this is directed towards clinicians and nurses and other leaders in uh, healthcare. Uh, how can we best communicate what they need to do to um, uh, really prevent antibiotic-resistant healthcare-associated infections? Okay, and so is that what sets this report apart, um, significant and unlike the other ones? Well, it's... Um, it's drawing on the past ones. There's the message of antibiotic stewardship, for example, in here. This report does also touch on C. diff again. Um, but so it's um, unlike it in the sense that it's really drawing all these together and then really focusing the message in these three areas of uh, doing everything we can for every patient by each and every time doing all the recommended procedures to prevent healthcare-associated infections to prevent the transmission of these drug-resistant strains, antibiotic-resistant strains, uh, and using antibiotics uh, more carefully. Uh, so it's a, it's a rounding up um, and, and, again, an assessment of where we're at. Okay, well, and we really appreciate that. And Dr. McDonald, um, let's talk about some of the important results. First, the good news, and I know you'd like to share some of that too. Yeah, well... One good news is it, it shows the areas that we are preventing healthcare associated infections, and it's showing also as a model to prevent the others in the same way. Central line associated bloodstream infections. Um, the central lines are these large IV catheters that have to be placed in patients' veins, in the larger veins, sometimes in the neck or the chest, sometimes in the groin. Uh, they're used to administer IV fluids. They're very important life-saving devices. Uh, they have long been known to be associated with infections. People get bloodstream infections with them. And that was just sort of the part of the business or part of the risk of getting uh, intensive health care uh, until about, um, uh, about 10 years ago, people started to realize, uh, wow, these are really preventable and these, this doesn't have to be. Uh, and so now we've seen an over 50% decline and central line-associated bloodstream infections overall, um, that's really great news because these are often uh, deadly infections. Another area of success has been uh, prevention of surgical site infections. These are infections that occur after surgery, uh, and these can be a whole variety of surgeries. Uh, we think that microorganisms often get into the wound during the time of surgery. A variety of things can be done to prevent those uh, infections, and 
they are being done to the tune of a 17% decline, uh, which is great also. Um, there's other areas that we're still working on more, and, and we, we're seeing some results, but we need to see more. Well, we can say congratulations to the healthcare providers and the healthcare professionals working hard and making these declines come true. So that's really good news. And and on the other hand now, I know there's always a flip side. So what do you find most concerning? Well, you're right, Nancy. The, the glass is half empty and half full. Uh, C. difficile infections, which is such the focus of, of your great organization and this program, um, we are starting to see some declines, but not nearly enough and not fast enough. Uh, it's an 8% decline from the, its baseline in 2010, 2011 uh, in those intervening years. So this is 2014. I didn't say that, but this is this report was focused on 2014 data. Um, in those intervening years, we actually, well, we saw some decrease and then some increase and then some decrease again. Uh, actually, unfortunately, from 2013 to 14, there was a 4% increase. We were down to 12% uh, under baseline, but now back so that we're at 8% under baseline. Um, we we know there's other things going on. There's different diagnostic methods being used, but we try to account for that. Um, and we have some other systems, too, that are suggesting the same thing, that we've seen about a 10% decline, uh, give or take not nearly enough and not fast enough. Um, Catheter-associated urinary tract infections. These are, I mentioned catheters before. This time it's a catheter that's placed in the bladder um, to drain the bladder uh, during intensive health care, used often during surgery and other times. Uh, They often become a portal for bacteria getting into the bladder and causing infection. We've really not seen any improvement there. Uh, actually, uh, again, there's a, there's a little silver lining in that. Although there's been a 0% decline overall, we have seen about a 24% decline in those infections outside the intensive care unit, which means that in the intensive care unit, we haven't seen that decline in the infections, have seen some increase. Um, uh, overall, it's 0% decline, but It suggests that we can do more, and um, they are hard to prevent in intensive care units, harder than some other things, but uh, they can uh, be prevented. In both the, I mentioned before, the great news around central line-associated bloodstream infections, Um, one area there that was so key was bundles, bundles of uh, prevention strategies, and that was really focused around the safer insertion of those catheters. That's true also for the urinary catheters, uh, but it's also a fact that once they're in for a certain amount of time, people are more likely to get infected. We need to get the catheters out quicker, uh, use them less, and uh, that that is one area that we are seeing some early successes now. In fact, there was a um, 5% decline um, uh, overall uh, from uh, 2013 to 2014 in those uh, urinary catheter infections. So, Although we're at 0% compared to baseline, um, we are starting to see things go the right way there. And the C. diff, as I mentioned, we need to do more, certainly with antibiotic stewardship. Exactly. Thank you so much, Dr. McDonald, for sharing all that interesting data with us. And, uh, you know, following the numbers, it it looks like a graph that resembles an ECG, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. it really is a vital signs of our health care and patient safety. 
And there's clearly um, this data we think is very important to help uh, guide the nation and well, really coming down to individual healthcare facilities um, and the providers, every doctor and nurse, to know they can change the destiny of their patients and they can do things that can change an outcome of a person's life. Yes, absolutely. And everybody, like you said, can do, we can all do more and, and to make the numbers go the right way. But Dr. McDonald, we are going to take a brief uh, commercial break. And when we return, we'll continue learning more about taking aim at superbugs and discussing the latest vital signs report with Dr. McDonald, Senior Advisor for Science and Integrity, Division of Healthcare Quality Promotion at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Stay tuned and we'll be right back after these messages. making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The CDF Foundation offers global community support sessions. CDF can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety, as well as learn about upcoming events, teleconferences, and support sessions. To register for a session, call the CDF Foundation at 1-844-4CDF. 1-844-367-2343 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Thank you for joining us today. And before the break, we were discussing the release of the Vital Science Report published the first week of March and what remains the biggest threat to patients in our hospitals. And we'd like to welcome back Dr. McDonald, who joins us today to discuss all of the reports and taking aim at superbugs. It's a pleasure to reintroduce you, Dr. McDonald, to the program. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you. Now, to get more specific about healthcare and the healthcare-associated infections, frankly, it's scary to think that in this day and age, in our technology, advances in society, a patient can go into a hospital to get well, but gets an infection that may be difficult, if not impossible, to treat. How would you characterize what's happening and why is this happening? Well, Nancy, it 
in many ways it is because we've technologically advanced. We're doing more to patients than ever before and, and more wonderful things in terms of saving lives and uh, uh, treating conditions that previously couldn't be treated. And these things, these advances include procedures like uh, organ transplants, uh, bone marrow transplants, um, other uh, medical treatments that often lead leave the uh, patient with a compromised immune system and very prone to uh, infection, making them more likely to get infected. With that, we've had to rely on antibiotics more. Uh, and, of course, sometimes we over-rely on those antibiotics. We use them when they're not necessary. Uh, that has just led to the pressure of antibiotic use. And that was predicted a long time ago that, that as antibiotics would be used and misused, that antibiotic resistance would emerge, and that's exactly what's happening. Uh, so we are both dependent on antibiotics, but also uh, quickly using them up in a way as, as a resource. And so we need to do everything we can to, to halt that and slow that progress, that, that re regress, really, um, and uh, where we can, and, and we think we can put antibiotic resistance back um, uh, back behind the wall, so to speak. Right, and that it takes everybody to do that. And Dr. McDonald, um, if you don't mind discussing the antibiotic-resistance bacteria that you mentioned, the, um, the CDC has identified an urgent and serious at this time. Which pathogens are these? Yeah, so um, these uh, are, include 18 different bacteria that were re we included in a report back in 2013, and we, as you allude to, we divide these up into uh, urgent, serious, and concerning. Uh, the uh, and then, then the focus of this report is those urgent and serious uh, pathogens, antibiotic-resistant pathogens, that are spread predominantly in healthcare. Uh, overall, this is maybe is half of the 18 or close to half of the 18 are healthcare-associated pathogens. The ones that are focused on this report include the urgent threats of Clostridium difficile, which, although not resistant to antibiotics used to treat it, as you and your listeners know so well, antibiotics are so important in how certain strains become prevalent and how the disease develops in its own right. So C. difficile is one of those urgent threats. The other one, the other urgent healthcare-associated urgent threat is carbapenem resistant Enterobacteriaceae, a long name. Uh, carbapenems are a major class of antibiotics that are really the last line of defense, if you will, against uh, a variety of bacteria we call in general the gram-negative bacteria that's based upon uh, a gram stain, which is a a long-standing uh, simple test that has been used to divide bacteria up into large groups of gram-positive and gram-negative. And the Enterobacteriaceae uh, are uh, a whole family of uh, bacteria, including common bacteria that maybe some of your listeners have heard, things like E. coli and Klebsiella uh, bacteria. Um, and then uh, the serious threats that uh, are antibiotic-resistant and um, healthcare-associated pathogens 
include um, the uh, extended spectrum beta-lactamase uh, enterobacteriaceae. So these, again, are E. coli, other gram-negative bacteria like E. coli uh, that are not as resistant as the carbapenem-resistant ones, but are resistant to the next line of antibiotics, so to speak. Uh, and they are a big problem both within healthcare, but also outside, sometimes in the community, or at the interface of healthcare in the community, often outpatient treatment. Another one that uh, probably listeners are very aware of is MRSA, or methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus, a cause of, in the community, a cause of skin um, infections, skin and soft tissue infections, abscesses, boils, and things. <clears throat> in the hospital, they can, again, cause these catheter-associated infections and and really severe infections, and they're very common. Um, that is the Staphylococcus aureus that then becomes resistant to a major class of antibiotics, which we talk about as methicillin, but it really represents a lot of different antibiotics. Um, another one is vancomycin-resistant uh, enterococci. The enterococci are, are bacteria found in the lower intestines, um, and, and these are um, common um, it causes of infections, mostly in cancer patients and other debilitated patients, uh, but uh, these can become resistant to vancomycin, which for quite a while was, again, the last line of defense against these bacteria. There are some other antibiotics now available, but uh, they're, they're just not as, as easy to use. Um, another one, another class is um, what we call multidrug-resistant uh, acinetobacter, uh, uh, Big word again, but it's another one of these gram-negative bacteria. These being more involved in the environment, they get in the environment sometimes. And another one called multidrug-resistant Pseudomonas. Again, gram-negative bacteria, very serious infections often can be found in wet environments. So a lot of big names and a lot of uh, important antibiotics that they're associated with. And these are all predominantly healthcare-associated uh, threats. Yes, and that's a mighty long list of um, the urgent and serious at this time. And Dr. McDonald, uh, which antibiotics are they resistant to? I'm sorry? Which antibiotics are they resistant to? Oh, yeah. So um, as I sort of mentioned in them there, they include the carbapenems. Um, in one case, these are... Uh, antibiotics that are the last line of defense. Uh, other times, they're cephalosporin antibiotics, uh, which are related to the penicillins. Um, in other cases, um, like MRSA, in that name is methicillin, which is a type of penicillin. Um, that's the, the resistance in the MRSA. Um, the um, uh, vancomycin, in the case of the vancomycin-resistant enterococci, uh, a last line of defense against um, enterococci and against staphylococci. So exactly. different antibiotics in different cases, um, and they've all been identified by CDC as particular public health threats because they are so they're sort of critical drugs in the in the in the armamentarium, the the weapons we have to fight them. When you reach that level of resistance, you've kind of hit a wall or a real turning point in terms of how easy it is to treat uh, an infection. Exactly. And you 
already kind of touched on why you've classified them as urgent and serious. Um, did you want to add anything to that of why uh, they've been classified yeah, such as? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good question. Um, so the urgent, you know, obviously we're putting that on the top and C. diff is up there because of the, just the sheer numbers of uh, cases and the amount of human suffering it's causing. And it's now C. diff is the most common recognized single pathogen causing healthcare associated infections. It's number one it used to be Staphylococcus aureus, uh, but now it's C. difficile. So uh, the C. diff situation, like I said, it's not resistant to, its, to the commonly used treatments, but it is talked about with antibiotic resistance because antibiotic use you know, precipitates the disease, as you know. Um, the carbapenem resistant neurobacteriaceae, because it really becomes, un, that's another urgent one, and we put it as urgent because it really becomes untreatable often. Um, and then the serious ones are mostly more difficult to treat, but um, uh, they're still more treatable than, say, the one in the, in the urgent category. Sometimes also we have to think about with antibiotic resistance is that um, if, even if you have additional antibiotics to use against a resistant form, if that resistant form gets out there and causes more and more infections, then you need to use that other second-line antibiotic more often. You, know, you might keep an antibiotic sort of in reserve, but because there's all this other resistance to lesser drugs, you need to use the greater drug more and more, and then resistance starts to develop to that. So you can see how antibiotic resistance as a public health problem is really a snowball. Uh, the more resistance you get even to simpler drugs, uh, the more you need to use the more complex and uh, drugs that you might like to keep in reserve. And the more you need to do that, the more uh, they become, uh, the resistance develops to them also. So it is, uh, as a public health problem, it's got both the threat to the individual patient, and it is a threat because it makes your own infection more difficult to treat, uh, but then it also uh, will go on and threaten future generations. Exactly. And Dr. McDonald, before we go to break, you see difficile is your area of expertise. And it, I know it's the, one of the most common bacteria responsible for the infections in the hospitals. Can you explain to our global listeners how do patients protect themselves from acquiring this infection? Sure. Um, a big thing, you know, there's there's two things that occur here is that antibiotics are are the most important risk factor. You take an antibiotic, and that uh, is used to treat, say, an infection, maybe a sinus infection, cold, whatever it is, a skin infection. And it doesn't just treat that infection; it also affects the the normal healthy bacteria in the lower intestine. That is our microbiome. That usually defends us against C. difficile. Uh, but now you've become vulnerable because that microbiome has been disrupted. And then in that period of vulnerability, which often lasts, you know, while you're on the antibiotic and a couple months after, uh, then the C. diff organism gets transmitted to you. Um, and we don't know all the sources in the community. We, we know what big source in healthcare is another patient who is having diarrhea. And it gets in the environment, as you know, it's spores, like the name of this radio show, Spores and War. Um, it forms spores. Those are more difficult to, to clean. 
and, and get rid of. They get on patient, uh, patients' hands, also healthcare workers' hands, and they're transmitted at a time when someone's vulnerable. So uh, the big thing is don't take antibiotics or don't push for antibiotics when they're not needed. There's good reason to try to avoid antibiotics. Your microbiome is important. Uh, it's, it's, it helps protect you from things like this. Uh, so that's one big message. And the other is to wash your hands um, uh, after you use the, the toilet. Um, we think that bathroom settings is one w- place of transmission in hospitals at least. Um, uh, certainly clean your hands uh, often uh, while you're in a hospital. Uh, don't be afraid, and this is something for all potential patients, and all of us will be patients someday, is one of the big things we can do is talk to our doctors and nurses and ask, what are you doing to prevent C. diff in this hospital, in this facility? Um, uh, what can I do to help you uh, do that? Uh, and certainly cleaning your own hands is, is one key thing. Uh, but even bringing a patient advocate with you to ask those kinds of questions and even inquire um, whether healthcare providers have, have washed their hands or cleaned their hands. Exactly. And thank you so much, Dr. McDonald, for sharing that data with us and our global listeners today. We're going to pause for a brief commercial break. When we return, we'll continue learning more about taking aim at superbugs with Dr. Clifford McDonald. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Join us on September 20th in Atlanta, Georgia for the fourth annual International Raising C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo. Visit the C. diff Foundation website at cdifffoundation.org for event details or contact the C. diff Foundation at 919-201-1512 for additional information. Again, the website is cdifffoundation.org. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products, EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes, trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to C. Dip Spores and More, and we welcome our listeners joining us today. Dr. McDonald joins us today to discuss the Vital Signs Report, published the first week of March, and taking aim at superbugs. It's a pleasure to reintroduce you to Dr. McDonald, Senior Advisor of Science and Integrity, Division of Healthcare Quality Promotion at the CDC. Welcome back, Dr. McDonald. 
Thank you, Nancy. I was wondering if I could just start by saying a few more words about the antibiotic resistance also in, uh, highlighted in the report. I didn't get to that. We just talked in the last um, segment about the different uh, urgent and serious threats. But the one thing this report, we talked at the first uh, segment about how we've seen both success and, and areas of less success, the glass half full and half empty in terms of preventing the infections. Uh, the infections that are still occurring, I didn't mention this, are being caused more and more by these antibiotic-resistant threats. So what we did in this report is we we, com- we looked across these uh, five different uh, threats I mentioned. Um, I, not the C-, the C diff already is is looked at by as, as its own uh, metric, but we looked at the uh, central line associated bloodstream infections, the catheter associated urinary tract infections, the surgical site infections, and looked at uh, how many of the infections that are still occurring are caused by these urgent or serious threats that we talked about in the last uh, segment. And overall, it was about one in seven. Um, uh, but in some kinds of healthcare facilities, it's as many as one in four. Um, and so none of, you don't want an infection, of course, but if you do get an infection, you especially don't want one caused by one of these threats. So clearly, uh, we need to do more. This is a call to action. Um, and uh, in some of these facilities, actually, they're called long-term acute care uh, facilities. These are longer-term uh, hospitals, if you will, and often patients are coming to them from intensive care units of acute care hospitals. It is as many as one in four infections caused by these threats. Okay, well, thank you so much, Dr. McDonald, for sharing that uh, with our listeners today. And Dr. McDonald, the report is not just about the results. Um, We were talking about the call of action, and what is the CDC asking of the doctors, nurses, healthcare professionals, and state health departments? Yes, uh, for, so for doctors and nurses and the healthcare professionals, and especially the leaders of, of healthcare facilities, uh, we're asking for each and every patient to do everything we know we can do right now to, to prevent all the infections we can. So it's, and, and specifically the antibiotic resistant infections. So it's following our recommendations for the use of catheters and for the care of surgical patients. I mentioned that we can do certain things when, we, first of all, don't use the catheters when they're not necessary. Uh, whenever you, they are necessary, um, using them for the shortest period uh, as necessary, get them out as soon as possible. When you place them using all the aseptic techniques, the clean techniques we recommend, all the careful techniques around that. Also around surgical, uh, the surgical patient, when um, uh, patients are undergoing surgery, uh, the doctors and nurses need to follow all the recommendations for the appropriate use of antibiotics. We call that surgical antibiotic prophylaxis, um, which are, where antibiotics are used to prevent infection in certain types of procedures. Uh, the right types of skin cleaning and skin preparation and the care of the surgical patient, those things that actually prevent the infection. And that's the most direct way you can prevent the impact of antibiotic resistance is if you keep patients from getting infected in the first place. Well, sometimes they do get infected, unfortunately, and sometimes and more often they just get colonized with 
uh, uh, antibiotic-resistant uh, organisms or threats, as we've talked about, uh, then we need to prevent the transmission, um, the cross-transmission. So we need to do everything we can with every patient. Again, this is for doctors, nurses, healthcare leaders. Um, <clears throat> this begins with good hand hygiene, cleaning the hands. We've known this for 150 years, that hand cleaning is one of the most important things you can do to prevent the transmission uh, of uh, pathogens and especially now antibiotic-resistant pathogens between patients, doing that each and every time with each and every patient. Um, also related to that is understand and know uh, what kind of antibiotic-resistant threats are maybe already prevalent in that hospital, what, which ones have been spread in that hospital. And this goes to state health departments then also because that's where they really have a leadership role also to understand the spread of some of these antibiotic-resistant threats, particular strains sometimes in regions. They go between hospitals on patients. Uh, they go from the acute care hospital to that long-term acute care hospital. This is something we described um, in our vital signs back last August, the importance of a coordinated approach in preventing the transmission of these threats between hospitals, between groups of hospitals. And we know there's some hospitals that serve as more of the source for these than others in an area. And health departments have an important role in leading the control uh, of the, I called it one time I wrote an editorial, the illicit transmission uh, or illicit commerce of antibiotic-resistant organisms um, um, and, and then finally, the third area for both doctors, nurses, uh, healthcare leader, leaders, hospital leaders, and health departments is antibiotic stewardship. Uh, antibiotics are a commodity, or I should say, really, the activity of antibiotics are a national resource, uh, not a commodity, a national resource. So that needs to be preserved. Uh, but not just for future generations, it is for future generations, but even for patients themselves, that antibiotics, uh, unnecess any unnecessary antibiotic is an unsafe antibiotic because they carry their own um, uh, risks with them. We've, we see that very, I think, your listeners and, and the, the focus of your organization uh, around C. diff knows that just too well, right, with C. difficile really occurring most, in most cases, because of an antibiotic. Um, and what we're learning is more and more that uh, patients are put at risk for other uh, drug-resistant strains, antibiotic-resistant strains, just because they've been on antibiotic as well. So antibiotics um, are not without risk. They're necessary. They're life-saving. And certainly a patient who has uh, any evidence of sepsis should get an antibiotic early uh, and the appropriate antibiotic because they can save a life. But um, those patients need to be reassessed then uh, 48 to 72 hours later and determine whether they still need that antibiotic. Exactly. And also, if our listeners are interested in uh, learning more about your November um, CDC program, the Get Smart program, and learning more about antibiotics and knowing antibiotics um, work, uh, they can find that on the website under the cdc.gov. Dr. McDonald, what is the CDC asking of patients uh, regarding this? Well, yeah, patients are key, and they have been key in all of the patient safety movement. We would not have seen any, uh, any of the success if patients had not become involved. And this goes back to 
probably as far back as the report, the, the IOM report to Air is Human, and then out of that, um, patients getting involved, uh, groups like your own uh, that start asking the question, is this really necessary and what can we do to prevent it? And then, ask, you know, so asking questions is so key. And when you are a patient, it's hard to ask questions. Sometimes we know that we try to help with that, like uh, ways that you can engage your healthcare providers in the question of whether they clean their hands. It's not easy. We know that. Uh, but trying to set the expectation that that is reasonable for patients to do. Again, um, if you're very sick too, bringing a family member or friend with you who can act as your advocate asking questions. Uh, we mentioned before asking the question of, well, what is this antibiotic for, doctor? Why do I need it? Um, it's okay. Not, not that you should question that if they give a good answer that you do need it. Like we said, they can be life-saving. Uh, but just asking the question sometimes gets people thinking again, oh, yeah, that's right. We do need to think about this. Um, and then also asking those questions about what are we, what are they doing in this hospital about C. diff? What are they doing in this hospital about antibiotic-resistant organisms? You should be aware that there are data um, uh, more available for patients than there ever were before. Um, those um, progress, we actually timed it. I, did, I didn't explain this earlier, but this vital sign, vital signs was timed with the release of our progress report. And the progress report was on uh, these six infections, well, not the six antibiotic resistance, but six specific types of infections. I mentioned the C. diff um, infection. I mentioned the central line-associated bloodstream infection, the catheter-associated urinary tract infections, uh, the surgical site infections, and specifically two types of surgical uh, site infections, uh, and um, uh, MRSA uh, bloodstream infections. These are all in a um, uh, progress report that is also on our website that you can see state by state how states are doing in the prevention uh, across hospitals. These are from acute care hospitals and also other types of hospitals, uh, how those states are doing in their progress. But all coming back to patients, even when you're deciding on what hospital to go to, you can go to the hospital compare website uh, that's um, a website, Hospital Compare, uh, uh, from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Um, they have a website where actually the, the metrics of preventing those six infections I just mentioned, catheter-associated infections, C. diff, MRSA, surgical site infections, that you can see how your hospital is doing. And, and that's something even you can ask your providers about, too, uh, if you know about uh, how they're doing. And then certainly yourself also uh, practice good hand hygiene when you're in the hospital, uh, also when you're outside the hospital, when you're visiting a healthcare facility, uh, practice good hand hygiene. We know with C. diff, the alcohol-based hand sanitizers don't work, and that's why we recommend uh, soap and water, especially in a C. diff outbreak situation, or if you're taking care of a C. diff patient, if you're doing that yourself, or if you're concerned about that, certainly after you use the toilet, uh, washing your hands um, as a patient, as a member of the public, for that matter. Uh, certainly, the alcohol-based hand sanitizers, though, at the same time, we've got to keep that, that uh, understanding of how they've also been very helpful in healthcare because they allow the rapid cleaning of the hands in a way that prevents all these other organisms, the MRSA, the, CAR, the CRE, all these other organisms 
are killed by alcohol and that's very effective. Um, so these are all things that you can do as a patient. There's a lot in that, uh, but certainly uh, it's, that's good too because it shows you can do something. Exactly. And thank you so much for sharing all that information and data, Dr. McDonald. We're going to pause for a brief commercial break. And when we return, we will continue learning more about taking aim at superbugs with Dr. Clifford McDonald. Thank you and stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. To help support the CDF Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate or call toll free 1 844 4CDIF. That's 1 844 367 2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to C. diff, spores, and more global broadcasting network. We welcome our listeners and thank you for joining us today. Dr. McDonald has joined us today and discussed the vital science report and taking aim at superbugs. It's our pleasure to reintroduce Dr. McDonald, Senior Advisor for, C- for Science and Integrity, Division of Healthcare Quality Promotion at the CDC. Dr. McDonald, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Nancy. You're welcome, and thank you for being here with us. And before we close the program, do you have um, any closing comments you'd like to share with our listeners? Sure, and thank you again for this opportunity. It's just great to, to have this opportunity to talk to your listeners about this. And as we were working on this from the from the really early stages, we we really wanted to get it this idea that uh, we can change. Um, the destiny of uh, our patients. Um, every doctor, nurse need to know that that they can. Uh, every healthcare leader, uh, state health department, but every patient also to know that that we working collectively can can really change this. Um, that we 
we have there's certainly there's going to be some infections and some antibiotic resistant infections that right now with the technology we have we we won't be able to prevent but there's so many that we can prevent uh by following these three uh broad areas of prevention that I've been talking about uh following the re- recommendations for preventing catheter and surgical uh related infections uh, preventing the cross transmission of multi, what are often multi drug resistant or antibiotic resistant threats and using antibiotics more carefully following what we call antibiotic stewardship um, using an antibiotic and the right antibiotic when it's necessary and immediately in the case of sepsis uh to start that antibiotic but then reassessing and being sure that the patient still needs the antibiotic and then also when it's not a question of sepsis at all but some other condition asking the question have antibiotics really been shown to help this uh, situ- situation in general is this really a bacterial infection or is this more likely a virus is it something that should be treated uh through some other means uh it, how firm is the diagnosis those types of questions uh but especially uh reassessing patients once you do start an antibiotic so uh, doing these things with each and every patient each and every time it's it is a lot to ask and yet if we can be more mindful of it and be tracking our progress and and we are making progress uh that's important to mention and keep in mind we are making progress in some areas because it shows they are preventable this is not inevitable Uh yes we're doing more and more to patients to make them more vulnerable to uh, compromise their immune system make them uh less immune to some of these things but at the same time we can increase the the margin of safety around them make our healthcare system a uh, high functioning a uh, highly safe um uh functioning system Uh, and we can do that by working together and putting the focus where it needs to be on the patient. Thank you so much Dr. McDonald and like you said um you you had mentioned we've made progress but we need to do more. Anything specifically that comes to mind? Yeah, it really is these these three areas again uh and doing it each and every time and and understanding these three areas of of doing specific steps for related to specific technology whether it's a catheter or a surgical procedure doing those things to prevent the infection preventing the cross transmission with each and every patient not just those who are infected but with others and using the antibiotics more carefully seeing them as a uh, precious national resource and seeing them at the same time as a drug like any other drug that has ripples risks and benefits to your individual patient. Well, we thank you so much Dr. McDonald and you know, we just want to thank everyone at the CDC for all the hard work that you all do for the um benefit of the others and the CDC has been was formed in 1946 and just to give a brief background to some of our listeners is The Centers of Disease Control and Prevention is a leading national public health institute of the United States and it is a federal agency under the Department of Health and Human Services. It's headquartered in uh, DeKalb County in Georgia, a few miles northeast of Atlanta city limits, but its goal is to protect public health and safety through the control and prevention of disease, injury and disability. And it obviously in every aspect does just that and we 
all of us at the CDF Foundation, other foundations and other organizations around the world, we appreciate all that you do. And we thank you so much, Dr. McDonald, for being here with us today. Well, we thank you for your partnership, both the CDF Foundation and other sister uh, patient uh, safety advocacy organizations. As I've said before, you're such important partners in, in what we do. Exactly. You know, it's like we all say, you know, nobody can do this alone. All of us no. can do this together. Definitely, and definitely. we thank you for being with us and on this week's episode of C. Dip Spores and More, Global Broadcasting Network. We ask our listeners to join us every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, as we discuss up-to-date information with topic experts and organizations focused on C. difficile infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety products, and much more. Once again, we thank our official sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this program possible. And we send out our get well wishes to all the patients around the globe being treated and recovering from a C. difficile infection and other infections that follow. The C. diff global community support program is now offers monthly tele-support sessions that you can find uh, listed on our website www.cdifffoundation.org. For more information about the CDC programs available, including the Vital Science Report, please go to www.cdc.gov. We, this is Nancy Corella. I'm your host, and until next week, we thank you for so much for being with us today. Have a nice day, and thank you. Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Kerala, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. C. diff, spores, and more is brought to you by Clorox Healthcare, trusted solutions for your infection prevention needs. Visit us on the web at cloroxhealthcare.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.